The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. And let's see, today's date is uh, January 8th. 2023 so uh, there you go hey if you want to give me a call all you got to do is dial 877-207-7276 and if you want you can email me at info at carm.org info at carm.org and uh, just put in a radio question radio comment that reminds me um so yesterday with my wife and we went to a, a store for a little bit and uh, long story short, I ended up talking to this uh, guy about the Lord, and he had a cross on, and I said, hey, a cross mean anything? He, you know, he said, yes. He says, I'm a, I'm a new Christian. I said, oh, good. We just got talking there for a little bit, and, uh, you know, it was, oh, I'm going to sort of encourage you and praise God and things like that, and and uh, I, I said, so what church are you going to? And he told me the name of this church and rung a bell or something and i just said do they have women pastors there at the church he said yes they do <laughs> so right away within a minute you know i'm sitting there going well and i started talking about how women pastors are not biblical women pastors he didn't <laughs> he didn't like it <laughs> and uh you know i said 80 percent of the denominations that adopt women pastors within two generations are uh, approving of homosexuality and stuff i said I said, I didn't give you the reason. I gave him my card. I said, Look, check it out. You know, I got a lot of information on this stuff. But anyway, you know, I should have a slogan, you know, messing people up on a daily basis. That could be a good thing uh, from the, from Monday through Friday and sometimes on the weekend, too. So uh, poor guy. But, uh, you know, it, it just reminds me that there's so much heresy out there in the Christian church. And... To me, I've got, I just got to whine a little bit. I got to complain a little bit. Um, why is it people don't believe the Bible? It's just that simple. Believe the Bible, okay? That's what it says. So, you know, people are like, Matt, we do. We just don't agree with your interpretation of the Bible. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk. You've been called. You know, and. Uh, you know, when it says, uh, do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over man, but to remain silent for Adam was first created. I said, what does that mean? It means you could, she could have authority over him. But we just said no. It was cultural. But he said it was because of the created order. So how, how do you work that? And how's an elder, which is a pastor as an elder, how's a, an elder uh, to be the husband of one wife? How's that work? It was just cultural. We just stop with just the cultural stuff. And, uh, you know, you don't believe what the Word says. And then there's things about predestination, you know. He will, I don't believe in predestination. God would never do that. <laughs> I show him where he does it, you know, in the Scriptures. You know, he predestined us. And, and uh, you know, they go, no, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> it says it right there. And uh, so what I'm finding is that a lot of people, a lot of people, they submit the Scriptures to their feelings. That's right, wonderful feelings. And uh, I think it was SpongeBob who said that. 
I think it was, because we, when the kids were young, this is 10, 15 years ago, we would have SpongeBob Saturdays, and we would get to pancakes and sit down and watch uh, SpongeBob for an hour or so, all, the whole family. It was fun, you know, and I remember once I asked my daughters, you know, they're, they're like 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, whatever, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range. I said, hey, how can there be fire underneath the water? And they would give me these explanations, you know, as if I didn't know anything. And it was just awesome. Well, Dad, let me explain. Because and they would make up something, right? And that's what uh, a lot of fun. But at any rate, I think it was SpongeBob who said, I'm going to trust your feelings. But I may be wrong on that one. I may be wrong. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of, some of you can tell me what they said. So uh, what they said. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I teach things in the scriptures that a lot of people don't like. And to me, it's like, I don't care if you don't like it or not. That's your problem. You know, I teach that God works all things after the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11, that's what the quote says. Where God makes all things, even the wicked for the day of destruction. You know, Proverbs 16.4. You know, or uh, I'll teach people these things. Oops, excuse me. I'll teach them this stuff. And they go, no, I don't believe it. I would never serve a God who predestines people. You wouldn't? Well, you better be careful what you're saying because that's what the Bible says. And uh, they don't like it. I think it's because there's two reasons. One, they're being, pat, being taught mamby-pamby hammock theology or skipping stone theology. You know what skipping stone theology is, right? It's where you take a rock and you throw it across the surface of the water. And it doesn't really sink well it does later it sinks down but i mean you know it skips across the surface that's what a lot of uh, the sermons are i'm getting this information this impression because i talked to a lot of people and uh, they're telling me that uh, you know you know basically god's the blonde haired blue eyed caucasian surfer dude dressed in a woman's nightgown and uh i say well that's not what it says and i show people this stuff you know and I go to places like Ephesians 1, 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And people go, no, 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 Jesus. No, God God knows God knows what uh, what we're going to choose. And so he's, he's saving us based on that choice. That's not what the verse says, you see. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ himself. No, man, he looked into the future. That's what it says. That's what it has to mean. <laughs> it has to mean it. Please don't let it be true. Then I take him to Romans 9 and uh, verse 11. You know, for though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls, it was said to her, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. And when I read this to people, and I'm having a discussion with them, because they're following the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, surfer Jesus, dressed in a woman's nightgown, standing at the door of your heart, asking permission for you to let him in. And then when I talk like this to people, I read the scripture, no, I reject that. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. But, you know, i, I got to also say, there's a lot of people who just believe what the Bible says. And I have a lot of people who say, well, you know, it's got me thinking. Well, that's good. Get you thinking. But unfortunately, there's a whole host of, uh, of people. And uh, they're obstreperous and uh, recalcitrant. 
and um, boisterously recalcitrant sometimes. Not obsequious, that wouldn't be it. Uh, not a sycophant, no, no, no. But they're more like uh, recalcitrant um, non-sescobadillians who, uh, whose cogitation's a little bit askew because they're obtuse. So these are some of the things that I have to deal with sometimes when I'm talking to people. And when I talk like that, they say, what'd you just say? And then I, I know, I, well, it's a bunch of stuff. Anyway, hey, look, if you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. We have nobody waiting. And um, if you enjoy my inane persiflage, inane persiflage is, well, you know what inane means. Persiflage is just like a lot of empty banter. So inane persiflage, okay, I think it's a cool word. Uh, a cool couplet and uh, that way when you're talking to somebody you can sound uppity without really being uppity <laughs> so it's, it's a, it can be a lot of fun you know and uh, I have friends that uh, they're, they call them hick boys truck boys up here in Idaho and I talk to them like this and they just stare at me and they go you know you know and I say am I too smart for you and uh <laughs> That they, they threatened me at that point. So, so uh, you know, that's what it is. But, hey, look, uh, I want you to give me a call, 877-207-2276. You can also email me at info at karm.org, info at karm.org. And um, uh, let's see. Uh, and then it put in the – I'm thinking of something. Uh, and then you put in the subject line. You put in um, – uh, oh man, you, what did you put in? You put in radio question or radio comment. Gee whiz, man. And so there you go. Um, I was distracted by a thought. That, that's my excuse. And it really was. And then I forgot what the thought was. Man, welcome to being 67. You, you distract yourself with a thought. And then when you talk about being distracted about the thought, you forget what the thought was. Maybe some of you have got that problem too, but uh, it happens with me. All right. Uh, oh, let's see. Okay, there we go. And I'm in the chat room. We got one caller coming in, and it looks like I'll be flying out to Tennessee on the 21st, 22nd range, uh, Nashville area, in order to speak at a conference. And then I got asked to speak at a conference in Caldwell, Cal California, Caldwell, Idaho, about 20 minutes from here, and that's in April. And I got a debate. Uh, set up for uh, March 1st with an open theist. Is open theism true? Which open theism says that uh, God doesn't know the future exhaustively, that the, the, sh the future is open, so God has to kind of guess. So we'll be going through that. And uh, it's with, oh, who is that debate with? Someone asked. All right, now i got to go look it up. Oh, man. Wait a minute. I think I know where to go find it quickly. It's, uh, it's open theist. Chris Fisher. I don't know who the guy is. Maybe I've debated him before. I don't know. But uh, I don't remember. I talked to so many people. You know, it's one of the things. You talk to so many people that you forget who you're talking to. You forget who they are. All right. Hey, let's get on the, the line here with, uh, let's get to, oh, man, hit the wrong button on that one. Let's get to Winfield from North Carolina or Winfield, whoever. You're on the air. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good. How are you doing? 
hanging in there, hanging in there. Hey, so yeah. you were just talking about predestination and yeah. chosen and all of that. And I've been discussing with my two sons that okay. subject over the week. One of the questions that came up was, well, Dad, if God chose the elect, then did he choose the people who are going to be condemned? Yeah, now that's, this is a logic issue, and there's different ways of kind of looking at it. So let's just say that uh, you have, uh, let's see, let's say you have you, you have a fire that you're going to, to to produce, you know, in your house, in the fireplace, and you have 10 logs, let's just say, and you pick five of them out of the 10, and you pick five and you use those. Have you picked the other ones not to be used, or did you just not pick them? And they go and just stay there. It's kind of a bad one because, you know, it, it would be the one that go to the fire. But uh, this kind of a thing, if you have several objects and you only pick some of the objects and not the rest of them, you're actively picking one, but you're not actively picking the other in this general right. sense. So we know for uh, we know biblically that God chooses people for salvation. Second Thessalonians 2, 13, Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. We know that that's the case. Now, does he decide certain individuals are specifically designed to go to hell? I could make the case biblically that he does, and I could make the case biblically that he just lets them go where they want. But here's some verses that are interesting. This is Romans 9, 21 through 23. Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? Oh, there's the break. So I'm going to get back at the break. What I'll do is I'll read this. We'll discuss this and get some other issues related to this, okay? So hold on. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And you can also email me. All you have to do is uh, just direct your email to info at carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. And uh, if you have a comment or a question, just put it in. The subject line as radio comment or radio question. There you go. Winfield, are you still there? Yep, here. All right. So let's get back to Romans 9, 21 through 23. Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath? prepared for destruction and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand for glory now about these verses you see it says that the potter that's God has the right to do with what he wants with the clay he can make one vessel for a good use and one for a, a bad use one for different uses he has the right to do that so we can make the case from here that God fits people for destruction. Now, people may say, well, we don't, I don't like that. Well, okay. The question isn't if you like it or not. The question is, is what does the Bible say? Now, 
There's another verse we need to look at here a little bit, and I'm going to need to lay out some theology, and we'll talk about this a little bit. There's a uh, Romans 5:12 says that uh, sin entered the world through one man, and then in verse 19, Romans 5:19, for as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Now this is an interesting uh, word uh, because uh, the word were made sinners is katestasthesan and it is in Greek the aorist passive uh, indicative and what that means is the aorist is past tense but what's important is passive passive voice it happened to them an indicative basically means it's a fact so it's past tense and it happened to them and it's a fact so this is what it says for as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners it means that Adam's sin made everybody else sinners that's what it says right so that's original sin okay so that's what that said I'll just so I'll, I'll go on but I want to just make a side note a lot of people say no they, they'd reject that I say, well, if you want to reject it you can reject it all you want but if you're going to be consistent and you reject that Adam represented us then be consistent and reject that the last Adam represented us. That's uh, Jesus, First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. That the last he's called right. the last Adam, and he represented us. So both are, are are heads of their people, just as it says in Romans five eighteen. So uh, then, as through one transgression, that's Adam's sin, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. So Jesus represented his people. Adam represented his people, which is everybody. All right, so so we can see then that all people are by nature children of wrath. And that's Ephesians two three. We are by nature children of wrath, and uh, all were made sinners because death entered through one man and, and sp- uh, spread to everybody. Okay, so having said that, what we could say is that of the sea of individuals who all are naturally damned. They naturally belong in hell because their natures are fallen. And that's just the way it is. God reaches in and saves some. So he actively chooses people for salvation. That's 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But I don't know of any verse that says he chooses someone for damnation. So this is why uh, I kind of go back and forth because in one one sense yeah he certainly creates uh, vessels for dishonor you know in proverbs 16:4 he makes all things even the wicked for the day of destruction well it's, it's tough to get through but that's what it says so what i'd like to lean towards is that of all people that are made and they fell in Adam the elect are the ones chosen out of that to be saved the rest go their natural way if it's the, if someone wants to say well that's how they chose he chose them to not go then you could say well then he chose them not to go but you, if you said he's letting them go and he only chose actively the elect to be saved then you could say it that way too and both in that sense could be true so you see what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering because my, my youngest son was just really struggling with, and I guess I am now too, a little bit, 
with the fact that if, if you, all, all I know that it's like 20 verses where God chooses and we're predestined. Yeah. So then when you look at the other logic piece, it's like, well, then did God then basically make Pharaoh or whatever people can to be yes. condemned? That's right. Yes, he did. So then, then you then you look then you link and you look at you know God is love and I know God is justice and His attributes. It's just hard to get my head around that 100% at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, here, let me show you. You talked about Pharaoh, all right? And so this is uh, Romans nine fourteen. What shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, right. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. So it does not depend upon the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I raised you up to demonstrate my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens whom he desires. What people generally will do is they'll come back and they'll say, well, no, 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 he didn't make him like that. He just strengthened what Pharaoh was already doing to himself. And what people are doing when they automatically react that way is they're adopting humanism. So let me explain this. I've been using this term now a lot in reference to to people uh, claiming to be Christians. In fact, I've been using it more with uh, people claiming to be Christians than than atheists for real and I have been lately you know because humanism is the teaching that man is the standard of righteousness man's free will is the deciding factor man's ability man is uh, the, the measure so God won't do that to Pharaoh because I'm telling you God won't do it that's what they're essentially saying if I show them a scripture where it says that God raised him up for this purpose, no, you don't understand, Matt. In the Old Testament, what happened was he hardened his own heart. So yes, he did. And then God had to step in and harden his heart because Pharaoh was ready to give up. And God hardened his heart so he wouldn't let him go. God did this to him. And they don't like that. Why? Because, obviously, we all know this, the historical figure of Jesus. He's obviously a Caucasian guy, and he has light blue eyes, and he's got long blonde hair and a perfect complexion. And, uh, you know, he, he dressed in a woman's nightgown. He kind of walks, you know, I don't know if he's, you know, whatever. And, um, and he's asking permission for you to let him into your heart because it's up to you and your wisdom and, and your ability. To let him in, and that, that's when it all becomes effective. That's when salvation becomes effective. That's when the atonement becomes effective. When you do something, it's up to you, and that's common theology today. And it's a heresy. Hey, man, hold on. Sorry about that. There's another break. No <laughs> Get to some more comments here a little bit. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. If I've uh, if I've offended you, then call me in and say you offend me, and then we can talk about it. Hey, we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get back on with uh, Winfield. You there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. All right. So there you go. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, it, it is, I just have to, um, 
grapple with the fact that God is God and that's it. I can't, you know, I, I guess I have to just deal with that. Yeah. Um, yes, it's correct. And yet he wants all people to be saved, as it generally says right. in Second Peter 3, 9 and First Timothy 2, 4. And we can talk about that as well. And can he arrange something contrary to what he desires, or he says he desires? And the answer to that is yes. And can, can there be a sense in which he wants everyone to be saved, but doesn't arrange for it? The answer is yes. He, Jesus speaks in parables, so people will not be saved, Mark four ten through 12. So this is a deep topic. It's not just a light topic. And most people, and I'm not knocking them because it takes a lot of knowledge and thinking to get through this. Most people are just not there. They can't put it together because they've not been taught over the years and how to fit this together. And I'm not mocking them or knocking them. It's just they go to church and then and, and a, uh, a skipping stone uh, sermon is, is delivered. And so they don't really learn deep theology and, and what's going on. And most people don't, don't want to, you know. So it's a deep topic, but there's more to it. Okay. Maybe that's why I'm struggling a bit with it. Good. If you're struggling, it's a good thing. It means something in you isn't right, and the truth of God's Word is exposing it. And what you'll come to eventually, hopefully, is that there's a God, you're not Him, and you don't know how it all works. We know that the prayers of a righteous man avail much with God. James 5 talks about this. Well, how does that work with the election and predestination? I don't know. How is it that my prayers can influence God from eternity past to save someone? I don't know. But I do know that there are a lot of things I can't answer in this regard. And they belong to the purview of God. So one of the illustrations I have used is there's a ceiling and there's a thread, a string, that goes it starts above the ceiling and comes down into the where we are we can see it and it goes back up into the ceiling travels for a while different direction comes down goes up we can only see one side of things what's on our side we don't know what's happening on the other side and that's where I just let this go I know what the Bible says but I also know it says he desires all he pray for intercession for all and, and it right. makes a difference. But I don't know how it works. And so I just say, well, as my friend Bill McKeever told me, he says, he said, uh, uh, we're in sales, not production. And just leave it to be right. Okay? All well, right? Well, I mean, what I, had told, what I told my son was this. Tell me if this is right. I, I, was, I just told him, I said, I said, look, you know, I go, if you, if you chose God, then you have something to brag about. Then you can say on the day that you have to face God, on Judgment Day, you could say, "Well, I chose you, but my neighbor didn't." So, yeah, and but we do choose because God enables us to do so. He grants that right. we have faith. Philippians one twenty nine. So we actually do believe. Right. Now I can get into this even deeper, but we got callers waiting. Maybe if someone wants yeah. to call back. Yeah. We can talk about this even more. I can. Yeah. But yeah, I've had these yeah, conversations. I'll call back other time after I study more. <laughs> All right. All right. All sounds right. good. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. God bless. All right, let's get to, let's see, Nadir from Florida. Welcome. You're on the air. Well, hello, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Hey, um, I didn't hear back from you regarding the debate on can Muslims prove 
uh, or disprove the divinity of Christ. So I just was making sure we're we're okay with that. Oh, yeah, I got so many things going. I, I You'll find I, I kind of drop the ball sometimes, not on purpose. It's just, what are we doing again? Um, so you wanted, to, you wanted to debate me on the deity of Christ? Yeah, and so basically the topic is going to be, can Muslims disprove the divinity of Christ? So the burden of proof is all going to be put on the Muslims. Exactly. Oh. Well, there's a problem there. And I'm not just trying to debate you right now. I'm just saying, uh, sure. using what source? Because if you use the Quran, oh. then that's called an external critique, and it's invalid. Right. That would be kind of like, uh, I don't know, of course, that would be a fallacy. I, I can't say because the Quran said so. But yeah, no, we're going to use the Bible. We're going to use a lot of whatever is out there. Uh, but for sure, I, I do agree with you uh, on that. Yeah. Well, how about this as a title, then? Uh, does the Bible um, support or teach or affirm uh, that Jesus Christ is God in flesh? or deity Christ, either one. What do you think? Mm, I think, well, probably a mixture of both would be good. Could we say, is Jesus really God? And maybe maybe that would be a good one. Okay. And I'll just tell you, that's fine. Is Jesus really God using the Bible, right? Mm, yes. Okay. So does the Bible teach Jesus is really God? Okay. And you understand. Uh, okay, go mm -hmm. ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, is Jesus really God? We can we can look at it from many different angles and using logic, reason, science, the Bible. I mean, all these things we can throw in there, and so we can look at it and see: is this man really God? Okay. Um, all right. You're going to use logic, philosophy, and science. Um, I'm just trying to help you out here ahead of time. You might want to be careful about this. Oh, I appreciate this. it. Okay. <laughs> be, yeah. Yeah. But uh, because science is uh, is for the material world, philosophy mm -hmm. presupposes the universality of the laws of logic and uh, certain things. But we can get into that. Yeah. But the source is the scriptures, because that's what I'll be going to, what the, what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a follow-up from the last debate I think you had with a Muslim metaphysician. I'm not a big fan uh -huh. of his. So okay. I thought we could have a discussion on that and clarify okay. some issues. Okay, so yeah. what's the, what do you want to be the debate title? Uh, what need a, a specific title? Does the Bible teach that Jesus is God? Is that good enough? Well, I, I would say, could, um, like what I what I posted to James. James is uh, looking for the title. Can Muslims disprove? Uh, can Muslims disprove Jesus is God or something like that? I think whatever James from modern day debate, whatever we I submitted to him, I think we need to go with that. Because he's very selective on titles. Maybe you have to have a standard of. Yeah. I mean, I'm just helping you out because this is this is what I would do with people. I would say, look, you know, mm -hmm. we had a debate right there. I'd say, disproof. Mm -hmm. You have to have a universal standard by which you can then say he is or is not. Yeah, What's your yeah. standard? If you go with the Quran, it's external. Yeah, so, if you go with science, it's it's a category error. That's what I'm just saying. Is you got problems here? Yeah. So no, I think it's, it, I, we can get into that. I think uh, the standard is going to be nobody is God. That's the default position. Uh, and so whoever it is, they have to prove that they are actually God. We can look at the Bible. We can see what it says over there. And so by default, he's not God, if we were to look okay. at it objectively. So that's what your position is, Jesus is not God. So, And um, I will, of course, show proof that is clearly from the Bible, and using okay. logic, reason, science, whatever, that he's absolutely not God. Yes. Okay, he will use proof 
from the Bible that Jesus mm-hmm. is not God. Okay, I'm getting this because it's being recorded. Uh, so the title yeah. is Can Muslims or, well, Can Muslims? Can, okay, see, Muslims is plural, all right? I'm very technical. So Muslims, if it's just you, well, if you don't mm-hmm. make your case, it doesn't mean other Muslims can't. So, you know, and, and it's just just nuanced discussion. That's why I like to say, does the sure. Bible teach that Jesus is God? And we go to the scriptures because that's what it's going to come to anyway. But if you want to do it, can, can, we'll do it generically. Can Muslims disprove can the, that Jesus How about this? Can the divinity of Christ be dis- disproved logically? Oh, you. <laughs> uh, Christ be disproved. Uh, yeah, I'm writing it down. Um, okay, if you want to do that one, that's fine. Okay? Yes, and you're going to need to respond back to James, because I think he's waiting for you. Oh, and uh, you who? can you can submit him that alternative title. Where did he email me at? Sorry, I do apologize. Uh, you I know what? So much. I will... Yeah, he. if you just uh, like do a search on his name in your email, like Modern Day Debate, I think you'll find it. But uh, oh. what I'll do, I'll forward you his email. That way uh, you can just email and cc me and that way we can get the ball rolling okay and so who are you why are you qualified i'm nadir i'm oh, nadir okay. ahmed we've been doing this for how many years i, I talked to so <laughs> we many go back people. almost 30 years i'm an old man that's my qualification <laughs> okay all right yeah. all right and you want to say use the issue of logic okay that sounds good yeah are you familiar with modus ponens modus tollens no, okay. I don't think I'll be going there. Yeah. That well, I'm just seeing if you know it is from the issue of logic. No, no. All right, so I don't see modern day debate. Uh, just have him email me one more time at info. I'll pay attention for it today. To, 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 <coughs> well, right. I, let me let me do this. let me CC you. His, just give you his email that way you can well, CC both. Got a break. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Put it in. Uh, give it to the. Well, this. E- e- hold on. We got a break. Hold on. Hey, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. And it looks like we lost him. Uh, let's, uh, I'm not seeing his thing there. Uh, he's going to call back. And um, I did check all the modern-day debate, uh, all the, uh, the f- for the phrase, and all my emails, and I don't see it anywhere. So just have him, if he's still listening, just have him email me at info. And uh, we'll get it checked out. All right. Next longest waiting is Emilio from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon. Uh, uh, Just to let you know, we always listen to your uh, program as we're uh, driving to our Bible class, and it's very educational. Um, The reason uh, I called now is that I was just listening to an individual who had a concern about does God predestine some for salvation and some for damnation. And I used to struggle with this uh, for a while. And uh, this verse is uh, uh, on Romans 8, 28 to 30. 
at least to yep. me, it gave me a mm-hmm. better understanding. Right. Those uh, of you knew we also predestined. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So the way that I see, it, first of all, we do have free will, correct? If we could define what free will is, but yeah, we do. And once it would be defined, okay, it, okay. yes. Okay, now, what I really enjoy over here is Psalm 28. And we know that God is, that in, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been mm-hmm. called according to His purpose. Right. I mean, I think that that's a black and white. Uh, very yes, that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, this is the part that gave me peace. It says, for those God foreknew, okay, because God foreknew, so that means that He knew whether we are going to, mm-hmm. uh, I won't say so much as accept Him, but that we will yeah, accept, accept Him, go to Him, give ourselves to Him, surrender to Him. He foreknew whether we will do that or that, that not. Doesn't, that's not what so it means. No, okay. So, but let, let me finish, and then maybe you can explain a little bit more to me. Sure. So it says, for those God foreknew, He also predestined, because out of our free will, He knew if we were going to give ourselves to Christ. And then, okay. then it says, predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And then it says. And those he predestined, okay, because he he already foreknew. Yes, well, yes, but let's get because we're we got it. We're running out of time here a little bit because it's going to take a bit okay. to go through. Okay, so your okay. understanding. I mean this, you know, carefully here, politely. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a better way to look at it. All right. Okay. So, the word foreknow in Greek is gnosko, gnosko, gnosko. Okay. But it, it's, you know, to know. And so mm-hmm. when, when we see, when we see in Scripture when Jesus says, I know you, it's, it means he, you're saved. He says, I don't know you, means you're not saved. God only knows okay. the believers. Now, he knows all things, but when he talks about it in that mm-hmm. salvation way, that he knows you. So that's what that's going on. So when he says those of me mm-hmm. foreknew, it knows what it says. It says he also predestined. The foreknown ones are mm-hmm. also the predestined ones. It does not mm-hmm. say of those that in the future he knew would pick him under the right circumstance or whatever, he predestined them. That's not what it says. But that's a common understanding. The foreknown ones are the same group as the predestined ones. Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Now that's point one. Here's another point. Okay. In, in James but, 2. But, but to God. Okay. But to the Lord, he is, he doesn't have he doesn't have time for him. Past, present, and future. Yes, but the thing. Okay, well, I can't ahead. say it is or isn't, but uh, he knows all things okay. eternally. All right, uh-huh. and, and let me back up uh-huh. in here. So to look into the future to see who'd pick him, so to speak, is a faulty doctrine because the Bible says. 
no man does good no man seeks for god romans 3 10 11 and 12 the heart's desperately wicked jeremiah mm -hmm. 17 9 he cannot receive spiritual things first Corinthians 2 14 he's dead in his sins ephesians 2 1 by nature child of wrath ephesians 2 13 so he's a slave of sin romans 6 14 through 20 so when god when some say he looks into the future people just have free will they're going to make a choice and they're going to believe under the right circumstances that's not what the bible says the Bible says he cannot receive, he cannot understand. He is a slave of sin. He does no good, doesn't even seek for God. That's what the Bible is saying about the unbeliever. And so this mm -hmm. is oh, one of the things... Okay. That, yeah, that's unbelievers. Okay, so no one in any circumstance mm -hmm. in the future, it's not going to be that someone's going to exercise their free will. Now, now we've got to talk about what free will is. See... Free will is the ability to make a choice that's consistent with what you are. So, mm -hmm. God, for example, cannot freely choose to sin. So, free will has to be defined by God's standard, not by human standard. We don't want to be humanists. So, the biblical definition of free will is has to fit what God is. No one forces him. He makes a free choice that's consistent with his nature. To be consistent mm. with his nature, God is holy. He can only choose holy things. He can't choose unholy things. He cannot sin. So, that's what's going on there. All right, so that's what free will is. The ability to make a choice that's not forced upon you. It's freely made, but it's also uh, consistent. Uh -huh. It's consistent with your nature. So, if the Bible says the unbeliever is a slave of sin, a hater of God, doesn't do any good, can't see any, seek anything, doesn't understand, cannot understand then that's his nature. Then he can operate his free will within that. And he will never be able to pick. Which is why it says God has to grant that we have faith, Philippians 1.29. And he grants us repentance, 2 Timothy 2.25. And Jesus says, you can't come to me unless it's granted to you from the Father, John 6.65. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for no can't mean for other reasons as well, it cannot mean that he knows who's going to pick him under the right circumstances. It doesn't work biblically. Okay. Okay. So then, how do you so? Can you explain one more time about then those who are saved and those who are not saved? In other words, sure, some are. Yes. So all people are born under wrath and judgment because that's our nature. Romans mm -hmm. five twelve, Romans uh, uh, five nineteen, First Corinthians fifteen twenty two talks about this, and God elects mm -hmm. or chooses people to save. That's Ephesians one four and five, and Second uh, okay. Thessalonians two thirteen. He chose us from the beginning for salvation, but the thing is, we don't know the means or the criteria of his choosing we don't know if he takes for example your prayer and it's incorporated which that gets into logical priority and stuff i'll get into all those things we don't know how it all works we know that god does this from eternity past and so what we have to do is believe the scriptures say and move forward from there okay okay, okay. all right well listen thank you very much de nada have a blessed okay. night Okay, okay, take God care. Bless. Bye bye. Okay, God bless. Bye. All right, a lot of theology there, a lot of tough stuff. Let's get to Cameron from North Carolina. Cameron, welcome. You are on the air. Excellent, Matt. Like, how are you, sir? 
Doing all right by God's grace, man. What do you got, buddy? Thanks, Coach. Well, uh, I just, uh, I was wondering, because, uh, so I, I have a non-Calvinistic fan, but I okay. thoroughly enjoy listening to you uh, on the radio, just like apologetics and just your knowledge of the word. I guess I was wondering also, like, something that would be useful for me without, like, delving into things that I'm kind of deeply entrenched in. Uh, how do you, because uh, I also had a, a verse pulled up, like First Timothy 4.16, which pretty much means, like, to know your doctrine closely, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Mm-hmm. So how can you um, study in a way that you think is uh, a systematic approach to understanding the Bible, where you apply good hermeneutical skills, and you think you you has you have arisen to like uh, a competent theology that is in alignment in alignment with the truth? How can you have that held with a strong conviction, but still kind of like hold it in humility and in suspense, and humility, uh, like huh? affording oh. the, the option to be correct if a, need be? I have but an easy answer. I have an easy answer. You ready? How do you hold yes, all this doctrine and learn all this stuff while being humble, right? You ready? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Okay. You figure it out. You let me know. If you figure out how to be humble, you let me know. Because I don't know what it means. I do know what it means to be humbled. I know what it means to face God's word and to say, I don't know. I know what it means to say to people, ask me questions sometimes, I I don't have an answer for you. Humility, I believe, is knowing your proper place before God. But I'll tell you something. With all that I know and all that I've been studying, I don't believe I've ever done anything out of a pure and humble heart. Not a single thing. Because I know what sin is and I know how entrenched it is within me. I can try and be humble, but I don't know what that means. Jesus was humble, but not me. So I have a saying, we, we, we fall in our strengths as well as our weaknesses. And it's something I've always had to work against with all the knowledge that I have, is uh, the, the, the fight against pride. The fight against pride. And all I can do is lay before God and ask Him to forgive me and expose such treachery of my own heart to me that I might confess it and repent of it. That's 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 all I got for you, buddy. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. Okay. So when you figure out how to be humble with all this, you call me back and you let me know, because it's not a joke. Because maybe you'll figure it out. Maybe God will bless you with that. When my heart is too hard, and He won't bless me with that. I don't know. But if you find out, let me. Know. I'll tell you what. I I uh, I, I kind of have. Uh, because I, I find that pastors have a hard time like putting a finger on exactly what humility is as they as they preach about it, and I'll call you on my next night off, and I'll uh, I'll share with you what I think uh, my definition of humility is, and then kind of sure. see what you think about it. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay, I'm open thank you, to learning. Man. Well, thank you. God awesome. bless, brother. All yeah. right. Have a good night. You too. All right. Well, we only have like 20 seconds in the show. So, hey, I hope you guys out there in Radio Land enjoyed the show. May the Lord bless you. I hope you have a great evening. 
I might be online tonight because uh, I kind of feel like just talking and teaching. It might happen tonight, uh, either in Clubhouse or Discord, or maybe not. No guarantees. But hey, I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope that you would also remember this ministry in prayer. We desperately need that. It's a spiritual battle, and we need spiritual warriors. So please join us in prayer, lifting this ministry up, that by God's grace, we can expand his kingdom and bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. I'm out of here, and by his grace, we'll be back on air tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Another program powered by the Truth Network.